Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to The Untamed Life. It's Christine, and we are still in this identity series. We are really digging in because this is such an important topic and this is not the last uh, I'm going to be talking about this. This is an ongoing conversation. Obviously, identity is everything. Oops, I got some background noise there. Um, you know, last week, last couple of weeks, I've been unpacking, you know, where does, what are the labels? What are these like facades, these masks that we wear that we get attached to all of these external things that we have been making our identity, right? Building our confidence around, which is really just quicksand, which is really just a glass castle. Cause the minute a storm comes, the minute something gets pulled out from underneath us, right? Uh, money exits our life, a relationship ends, then it's like, Oh, who am I now? Right. And so we've got to begin to develop that core confidence confidence, that core identity, that when everything else is stripped away, we know that we know that we know who we are. We know where we come from. We know, you know, that, that we can create something else. We can just, we're, we're infinite creative beings, right? We're infinite creative beings until the day that we leave this planet, we're going to have a desire for growth to build, to create, to do things. And we've all heard it. Like the minute we stop creating, we feel like we're dying, right? We are designed to keep building. This is why side note, I think it's kind of silly when I catch myself and also my clients, it's like, we think we're running out of time because you know, we have this mission right now, this business we want to grow or this thing we feel called to do. And it's like, I need to get this done. I need to get this done so that then I'll be able to relax. And I'm like, newsflash. No, you won't. Because the minute that's done, your, your, your beautiful soul will want to create something else. will be inspired to go build something else. Right. And, uh, and no matter what that is, whether it's tinkering in the garden, like uh, taking on some new endeavor. And that is the way that we're designed. We're designed to be in co-creation instead of chasing things, right? So if we can accept the fact <laughs> that we are infinite creative beings designed to always be in this creative process with God, to be pouring back into the planet and we stop beating ourselves up about how fast or how slow we're doing it or what's what's the one thing that we're doing now and if we're missing something in the future, we can just create where we're at. We can just build where we're at and steward well this season, right? Knowing that we're going to keep in this this journey. So here's, here, here's that reminder. I am an infinite creative being, right? And I am a co-creator with God. God all the time. So last last week we we unpacked a little bit more about solitude. I really want to circle back to that because it is so real that the more time we spend, you know, quiet, quiet with ourselves to get to know ourselves, to get to remember who we are, the things that light us up, we become more comfortable. We become more comfortable with our own words, with our decision-making process. We become more confident, you know, in showing up in the world. We become more authentic because we're more familiar with what it feels like 
to be in our natural, like to be in our bodies, to be in our thoughts, to be in our own, you know, just enjoying ourselves. It becomes more of a natural state. I think this is a huge thing that when a lot of us have not spent, when we have not spent the time to get to know ourselves, when we have not spent any time, you know, invested any time to get to know who we are and, and appreciate the depth and the range of who we are, then like, again, what are we bringing to the table, right? It's, it's just, of course, we lack the confidence when we come into groups, we come into situations, we go to lead, we become what other people want us to be, uh, to match the situation. So we become chameleons and we don't want to be chameleons. We don't, we're not created to be copycats. We are created to be authentic, one of a kind, unique. You have a unique signature, a unique fingerprint. You have a unique soul essence, unique gifting, unique calling over your life. And this is a beautiful, beautiful reminder. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about us, right? We've been talking a lot about me, who am I, who, what's more of me. And so it's, it is a beautiful exercise to discover these things, right? The things that light us up, what, what we're really feeling called to, what our passions are, all of, all of those things. And they're beautiful things. And a lot of that focus is still on us. So it's still very limiting. I'd like to stretch our vision of how we view ourselves a little bit more today. I'd like to really stretch the way that we are viewing and limiting ourselves. You know, how we view ourselves and how we view God ultimately really limits us or expands us. So I want to talk about what, what happens in a lot of traditional personal development, uh, self-help, growth, you know, circles. And I've taught this and I still teach it because I do think there is value to this. You know, I, I, sometimes we work with archetypes and we work with these different things. Like what would the warrior say? What would the wise man say? What would, you know, what would the kind one say? And we realize like, Oh, I am not just one face, one layer, right? Sometimes we work with these different archetypes and also it helps sometimes to think about what was the past version of you? Who's the future version, right? That woman, that man that's already there. So I want to, already there. Haha. <laughs> As if there's anywhere that you're actually going to end up. But you know that we, we use this language of like, what would your fu future self say? What would your highest self say? What would the best version of you say? What would the, the man or woman that's already in this healthy, thriving relationship, running this company in a very, um, solid, uh, leadership style in integrity with his values. Like what would he say? What would he do? Right? What decisions would he make right now? And I think there's huge value in playing that game and doing these exercises. Like I said, I still journal around these things a lot because I like to get different perspective. I like to get different vantage points. Right. And I know that oftentimes the vantage point that I'm looking at things from is just one. It's so limited, right? I have to start to shift different positions. Like, okay, if I look at this from the future, what would it look like? If I look at this from a little bit higher up, higher vantage point, and I'm looking down on it, you know, what, what would I look at? If I'm looking at this with the general's view, right? If I'm looking at it from in the trenches, what do I see? So shifting where we're standing really shifts our perspective. And depending on where we're standing, we have a different identity. You know, the guy in the trenches, he's a soldier on the ground. Like she's in, in the warfare. She's a warrior in the ground is different view than the general up top. So, you know, as we, as we want to expand our identity, we can look at, okay, what, what position am I looking at this from? What identity is in that position? What if I shift? Right. And so 
I'm going to just unpack this future vision, best version of yourself a bit, but I want to stretch it even further uh, for today. So as we look ahead and we start saying, okay, what would the future version of me say? What would the best version of me say? That's still a limiting position. That's still limited by what we think is possible for the future of us, right? Based on the goal maybe we have in mind, the vision that we have in our head. So if I take myself into the future a year, five years, 10 years, it's still a construct of my imagination and what I think is possible for myself five years, 10 years down the road, one year down the road, right? So there's still limitations on it. If you think about it, <laughs> right? I actually did this exercise. I do this exercise a lot. What would the future be say? And I kind of like have this little meeting with my future self. And it was funny that this morning as I was writing in my journal, I'm like, oh, literally this, this I am, I am the woman that I met with last year. <laughs> you know, I, I see myself here. My body position's the same. I'm relaxed on the sofa. I'm talking in the same tone that I imagined I would be. And I'm like, whoa, it's been like a year and I'm already here. And at the time when I was having some of these conversations with, quote, my future self, it felt really far away. She felt really far away, that version of me. And I kind of chuckled today and I thought, isn't it cool that we can play this game? And, you know, this becomes our reality. And also, how limiting is it? <laughs> how limiting is it sometimes? Because subconsciously, there's still that part of us that holds back and is like, well, I'll give myself this much, you know, this much runway or this much ability to expand, again, based on what I think is possible for myself. But something changes, right? And by the way, that's great work. That's, that's huge progress over a lot of people who just stay stuck in, well, this is the way I am. This is how, you know, my label, this is just my personality. And that's just the way it's going to be forever. Well, you know, we're not talking to those people. So we're already making leaps, leaps and bounds beyond this, but I really want to take us further into something exponential shifts in us. When we stop fixating on who am I, who am I, what is the future vision of me? And we start saying, God, I'm curious, who are you? And I spoke a little bit about this last week, but I want to unpack it further because when I shift my gaze away from who I am and what I'm possible of and what my future self might be doing or thinking or deciding and what decisions she would be making, again, I'm putting my faith, my confidence in me, right? I am imagining what I think is possible for me, that version of me. I am limiting what is possible for that version of me. And I'm also putting my faith and confidence. I know I said it's worth repeating. I'm putting, I'm betting on that future version of me. But when I start saying, God, let me just ask you, like, what is possible for you? What are you capable of? And when I start thinking, okay, I'm talking about the one who creates mountains, who moves mountains, who parts waters, who lifts people up from the dead, the one who made this entire universe and everything in it. And just like that could like shadow the whole thing or, you know, make, make a miracle happen. Like when you think about what is the potential of God himself, right? What is the potential of the Holy Spirit? What is the potential of this? And as we start to think about that, that verse, like I can do all things through, through Christ who is in me, through Christ, right? Jesus is the gateway to, to the Father. He was the one who made the way for the Holy Spirit to come to us so that we would have access to the Father all the time. So I can do all things through Christ. If God can do all things 
and Christ is in me and the Holy Spirit is in me, then like how I can't even begin to imagine. And I think Jesus even says that right in the Bible. You can't even begin to imagine the things that you will be able to do and so much more once I physically leave and the Holy Spirit comes, right? So he even told us we would be able to, you know, perform healings, do miracles, do so much more in our lives, more than we could ever ask for and need imagine. And this is because now all of a sudden, it's not about us anymore and what we can do, but it's about what God can do in us and through us. And this really requires a repositioning of our identity also, as in, I am the vessel. And I talk about this a lot on this podcast, and I want to come back to this concept of really understanding, understanding, grasping, that if I am a vessel, right, I have a beautiful soul, right, and my, but, my, but this body is a vessel, and I yield, I yield my vessel, my, my, my soul to God. And I say, Hey, where are you going? What do you want to do through me with this body? Where do you want this body to go? Where do you want my soul to go? Like, what do you, what, what work do you have that you want to send me into? And now I know that all things are possible through him and the things that I can't even begin to imagine that I could possibly do because I don't feel like I have the confidence. I don't feel like I have the ability. I don't feel like I have the skill set, the strength, the, the faith, the courage, whatever. I'm like, well, I can't, but you can. <laughs> and so if you're in me and you're sending me and you're going before me and you're going with me and we're together as one, then I'm not doing this alone. I'm not doing this by my own strength. I'm not doing this by my own willpower. I'm not doing this because of my discipline. I'm like wide open to the potential of what may or may not happen. So I can set my sights on something. I can have a vision, a North star, a direction. I'm like, we're going that way. Right. And I love the fact that he gives us a vision. I love the fact that we can set goals and targets and know the direction we're going, but we have no concept. We have no concept of how much is possible how much we are capable of when we yield to truly becoming a vessel because now it's his doing, right? It's what he's capable of and he equips us. I love that verse that says, you know, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't call the, the, um, the equipped, he equips the calls, right? He equips the called. And so if he's calling you and you're like still putting all these limits on yourself, you're limiting him, right? And you're making it about you. And I'm limiting him and I'm making it about me. And I've done this so many times and I have to keep catching myself. And, you know, a lot of times when I'm doing these podcasts is because I'm coming off journaling or a walk or a prayer or working with clients and either they're inspiring me to share a subject or I'm receiving questions and emails or DMs or whatever. And so I'm, I'm always inspired when I'm sharing these podcasts. You know, a lot of these are, are inspirational pings, uh, words that are spoken on my heart in the moment. And this morning as I was journaling about that in my journal, let me see if I can pull it out even right here. It was just like so clear that, you know, I had this almost like this vision that you <laughs> sometimes were like, where are we going next? Like, what am I capable of? What can I do? Let me see. And we want to look so far ahead and, and, uh, bear with my story for a minute, but I almost felt like God telling me, you know, when, when, you, when you are with me and I'm leading the dance, <laughs> there's so much more available. And sometimes I just need you to be in the dance, to be in this step 
with me right here right now. So I had this little vision that I was literally like in this dance and I'm kind of like asking sometimes, you know, I'm asking God like, what are the steps for the next dance? I haven't even mastered this one, but I'm like, but I want to know what we're doing next. What are the, what's the dance look like? What kind of music are we playing? And I need to know the steps now. Cause like, I need to get ready for the steps. And he's like, baby, you, you still got to learn the steps right now. You got to learn to yield, to follow me so that when you go out there, this dance right here, right now that I'm teaching you is going to feel so natural. You're not even going to think about it. It's just going to be embodied in you, right? This dance. So basically like this idea that if I focus on everything, everywhere that I've got to go and all the steps I've got to do, and I'm only focusing on me, I'm missing the whole, Hey, I'm missing the whole dance. I'm not having fun in it. Right. And I'm so limiting because it's going to continue to feel awkward and clunky where I'm at because I'm going to be so in my head and not allowing my vessel to have this beautiful experience to embody it and to continue to grow and stretch. Now that may feel like a kind of like a far out there concept to me, it really resonated, but it was really the shift of like, can I be where I'm at right here, right now? Can I be content? Can I enjoy this process fully? Can I bring a hundred percent of me, of my body, of my heart, of my mind, of my soul to whatever is at hand, right? And let him do the rest, right? Let him continue to lead. And uh, as I was speaking to someone else today, you know, going back to when we run out of strength is when his strength steps in. So we get this activation of supernatural strength, supernatural ability, where my faith ends, his faith kicks in, where my courage ends, his courage kicks in. And so this is really a co-creative process, but it's an identity of union, right? Now it's not just me, it's an us, it's a him, right? So I am in union with God, I am in union with the Holy Spirit. There is a literal marriage, a sacred union that happens inside. So I am one with God and I am moving with God. I am being led by God. I'm one with God because I'm yielding to God, right? Not because I am God, <laughs> right? And I think there's a lot of miscommunication and misteachings and deception and distortion around this. That's like, I am one, I am God. And it's still the same story of me, me, me. But this thing of saying, I am one with you is I'm still me, but I am submitting, I am yielding. And as I yield and we merge the power of what's possible, the ability, the exponential increase of what's possible in this union, I can't even begin to imagine. And this is a beautiful picture also of marriage right? And I think that they tie in so beautifully and often in the word, you know, we're referred to as the bride, the bride, you know, the, the body of Christ is, is us. The church is our body. The temple is us. Like we are, you know, we are the bride. He is the groom. And again, that's just, we're referred to it as that because it's referred to as this love affair, this love of union, of devotion, of loyalty, of oneness, such a beautiful representation. And also of marriage. So if we are in our marriage and we are just so concerned about us, what's in it for us? Are they listening to us? Is he looking at me? What does he think about me? Is he showing up for me? <laughs> right? It's amazing if we're really honest with ourselves, how much of the time our focus is still me, 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 me. 
Sometimes it might be them, 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 right? But even then, even when we're in people-pleasing mode or even when we're bending, it seems like to everyone else's will and we lose ourselves, oftentimes it's because we're afraid they're going to leave us. They're not going to love us. We're afraid of rejection or whatever. So at the end of the day, it's still about us, right? We say it's about them, but it's not. But when, when we enter into a marriage and we say, you know what, I am under a greater covering. Now there's a greater purpose here that I can't even begin to imagine. And so we're brought together. I bring 100% of me. He brings 100% of him. And we, we merge. We become one. One times one is one, but it's exponential power. Like what God can do through us, through our marriage, because now we are multiplying each other's gifts, each other's strengths, each other's abilities. We have a whole new level of support that wasn't available before, right? We have new levels of insight. We have new levels of inspiration, new levels of motivation. I I hear this all the time from men saying, you know, you get like, she gives me a reason. She gives me a desire to want to do more, to produce more, to be more. And I hear this from women, the same thing. And also that when, when she's held and she feels safe and she feels protected, now she brings so much life. She becomes a multiplier, literally a multiplier of life. And I, again, I speak about this often because so many of these things are interwoven. So many of these concepts, ideas, realities are not just like these philosophical views. When we begin to reflect on our lives at the times that it was present and we were in this place, we can see the manifestation of it, right? But we also can see that when we are self-serving or self-absorbed and self-focused and we're only thinking about what I can do and what he's doing for me or what I'm doing for them in the marriage, there's a flat line. There's a big limit that's placed on our, our marriage, on our relationship, on what's possible. We literally put it into a box, stick a lid on it. And we want to blow that box out of the water. We want to blow it open and not put these limitations on it. I think this is such a beautiful, I, w- I hope that I'm articulating this well. I think this is such a beautiful, beautiful picture of, again, why love, marriage, sacredness, the sacredness of unity of a man and woman coming together in sacred union, 100% fully devoted to each other, right? Bringing all in, all in. It is literally like rocket fuel, exponential opportunity and increase in our life when our hearts are in the right place. So I brought it into the marriage. I brought it into the union because I love this image for marriage. And it's so completely backwards, from most of what the world tells us that marriage is about, union is about, right? And, and it starts back with the identity conversation because it's how I show up at work, how I show up with my clients, how I show up in the world, what I'm willing to put out there, what I'm willing to talk about, what I'm willing to, to share messages on. You know, how, if, if I'm willing to go after a dream or a vision on my heart, how I show up in my marriage is always a reflection of who I think I am, what I think I'm capable of in that, in that relationship. And what I think the purpose of that is the identity of the relationship. And so when we begin to shift this identity away from like, ah, this is me over here bringing a hundred percent of me. And this is what I'm, I'm capable of. But I also come into like, I'm going to bring a hundred percent of me, but I'm going to bring, I'm going to stay focused on what God is going to do right here. Right. 
I'm going to shift my gaze away from me for a minute because I am a vessel and I'm going to focus on staying an open vessel so that God can do more work. So I'm going to stay focused on, Hey God, what are you doing in this business right now? What are you doing with these people? What do you want to do with these children? What do you want to do with this marriage? What do you want to do with this message? Where, what do you want to do with this book? You know, I'm doing the edits on the book and as I'm, I'm, I'm rereading it. It's such a different position. Even when I started, I always had a heart to really like just write this book and, you know, obey and follow the call that was in my heart and share the messages. But I got to be honest in the beginning, when I started this process, I, I was kind of in this like, uh, not turmoil. It was just, I wanted to do it well, you know, I want to do it well. And at the same time, I was kind of hesitating, like, Oh, I don't want to say that. What if, what if people say this, or I don't want to offend people. And I was kind of in this little dance and I'm reading it back a second time now rereading the manuscript. And it's like the shift, the vantage point has changed, right? It's not, what do I want to do with this book? And what is this book going to do for me? Not that that was ever really it, but there was some of that. And I'm sure there still is at some level. I'm not probably blind to it, right? But it's God, what do you want to do with this book? What are you going to do with it? What do you want the pages to say? What words do you want here? And then I just like, I'm the vessel. I just do it. So I'm doing, I'm saying things, I'm putting things down that maybe, the old version of myself, the current version of the future self may or may not be willing to do, but it's not about that, right? I'm in the identity of being the vessel, being the messenger, right? And the potential of what's possible is so much greater than I can imagine. And so that's enough. That becomes enough. That becomes more than enough. And so to circle it, bring this full circle, this question that we always have running in our mind of, am I enough? Is what I'm doing enough? Is this good enough? Did I say the right thing? Did I do it? We, we begin to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to do what I can do. I'm going to bring a hundred percent of what I've got and I'm going to trust you to do the rest in me and through me. And so I'm going to obey. So this, this question of, is it enough? It goes away because it's always more than enough when God is there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that gets to be enough. Like I, my job is just to be the vessel to show up and make sure that I'm in integrity, make sure that my heart's in the right place. What's interesting about all of this is that the level of clarity that we begin to have increases so much because we stop getting distracted <laughs> looking a million other places of what are they saying? What are they doing? What, you know, and we just focus right here, right now, our confidence increases so much. And I, you know, a lot of people reach out to me, a lot of women, especially, or whatever say, Oh, Christine, like you have such a high level of confidence. And, and in a way, yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence necessarily in myself. I know that I will be equipped for what's required. And I have a high level of trust and I have a high level of faith and I have a high level of desire to obey. And so I, I activate that and I call that in. And so maybe from the outside, it's like, I do have a lot of confidence, but what I do is I have certainty in the fact that what I'm here to do, right? What my role is. And so now my confidence does not lie in these external things as heavily as it used to. I'm still human. So I'm going to have some, some of that. I'm sure, you know, like we're going to have that. And it's a daily process of getting grounded, coming back to center, remembering who I am doing some of these practices. And I'm a big fan of grounding practices and anchoring practices and coming back to our breath and into our body and connecting to our own hearts and the heart of God and the spirit. 
making sure that we are in the right position before we start our day, right? My confidence, my clarity, my capacity, my identity is completely different when I start from that place versus when I start and just pick up the phone, check the emails, respond to things and just go about the day. I mean, completely different day, right? So I'm going to wrap it there because I think that was a beautiful, beautiful, um, share. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Like, I I think that was just a really cool share. And again, we have a lot of conversations around being the vessel, being, you know, being in, in this sacred union, being uniquely, wonderfully made. And the more I just allow all the parts of me to be brought into this relationship and I don't hold back and I keep moving and I, and if I am holding back, I just ask, like, show me where, where am I holding back? What, like reveal it to me. Then I have a choice, right? To move forward and lean into the discomfort and call on that <laughs> supernatural strength and uh, faith to move forward. Or I can sit here and believe this old identity and these old stories. So I hope that this gave you some, some food for thought and also left you with not only a, an awareness shift of how you might be viewing yourself, but where's your gaze when you start doing this identity work? If you're upgrading your identity, you know, sometimes our identity, not sometimes, always, our current identity is limited by what we think God can do. Our identity of God is limited. What he can do in us and through us is limited. Is it time to stretch that? Maybe it's time to remember what God is capable of, what the creator of this planet, this universe, these galaxies, like all of it is capable of. Is there anything that's too difficult? Is there anything that's too overwhelming, right? Is there anything like that he doesn't already know? Of course not. So we have to recalibrate our thinking and remember that, right? You are not just a cog in the wheel. You are not just a minion in this production factory. You are not unimportant. You are not a copycat version. You are authentic. You are you. You are a vessel. You are a co-creator, a collaborator, a partner with God. And you are called for such a time as this with a purpose. And it's time that we all start living more on purpose in our day-to-day. Everything that you touch is there on purpose, right? And so um, never despise small beginnings, never despise the things that are in your life, the jobs, the, the people, the relationships, it's all there for a reason. And the minute we can start to really see that, uh, we can begin to move towards more and more of the life that we're created for. So you guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. I want to let you know about a couple things that are coming up. Number one, we have a... Um, We have two spots left in our upcoming women's retreat, Cherish, coming up in Florida, Seaside, Florida, August 18th through 21. It is a beautiful, beautiful time for women to remember their God-given identity, drop more into our feminine essence. And uh, really, we're going to do a lot of beautiful body practices, embodiment practices. We're going to know and feel what it's like to be held, to be able to hear the voice of the Spirit, to discover more of our own gifting. So you guys, uh, ladies, if you are interested in that or you know someone, definitely click on the link below or just reach out and DM at the Christine Jewel. Ask us for details on that and let us at least get you on the list for a future event if you won't be able to join us at this one because I have a lot of events that I am looking forward to to starting to drop into the pipeline 
Secondly, I want to let you know that also August 11th, hopefully um, it's not too late by the time this drops, but we have a relationship mastery workshop on communication. And so the art of communication, you guys can check that out. That's a half day virtual workshop. There will be probably some replays or options to buy the replay or buy into that and get it as a micro course afterwards. So even if you miss the live workshop and you're interested in upgrading the communication inside of your marriage, inside of your relationship, I highly encourage you to follow the links. Um, below. And as always, if you want to go deeper into this work, you can click on that apply to work with me button and we can just have a conversation and guide you towards the right next step. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a listener. If this resonates, please go ahead and drop a review, share this with a friend. Uh, I always say this because it's always true. This is how we shift the tides in the world. It's one move, one share, one story at a time, right? Um, is how we create a ripple effect. So you guys, until next time, I, I just invite you to remember who you are, but most importantly, who he is and what he can do through you and what he wants to do around you. Here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.